Blog Talk Radio. Glam more, fear less. Diva Talk Radio. I see trees of green, red roses too. I see them bloom for me and you. And I think to myself, what a wonderful world. Hello, Divas and Dudes. Are you ready? Because I'm ready to welcome you to September's Diabetes Roundtable, celebrating the release of Gloria Esteban's newest album called The Standards. And that was one of the title cuts from the album, What a Wonderful World. All night long, we're going to be playing cuts from this fabulous album, as well as some of Gloria Estefan's biggest hits. My guests tonight include best-selling author Cherry Adair, Jeff James from Sony Music, co-authors of The Complete Guide to Diabetes, Susan Weiner and Leslie Jozel, diabetes educators Patricia Addy Gentle and Neva White, poet Lorraine Brooks, Mama Rosemarie, and my special guest, the blogger from My Bleeding Finger, Tim Brand, who has, is the father of two young daughters living with type 1 diabetes. I'm your host, Mr. Dilabetic, and I'm ready to conga because I want to help empower you to manage your diabetes with confidence, knowledge, and inspiration. Tonight, we're paying tribute to a superstar. It's Gloria Estefan. Did you know that she's sold over 1 million albums worldwide, making her the most successful female Latin crossover performer of all time? And this year actually marks Gloria Estefan's 36th year in music, which I think is an amazing accomplishment for any diva. And I know she doesn't do it alone because her entourage is called the Miami Sound Machine. Her brand new album, The Standards, features American songs that were written between 1920 and 1949 from the American Songbook. Now, let's take a listen to one of the newer cuts from the album. The way you smile, just be the way you sing off the way you haunt my dreams. No, no, they can't take that away from me. And you know, they can't take away your response to our dear brand of outreach. I appreciate you getting your letters every month. So, of course, it's time for the Diva Talk Radio Mailbag. Our first letter tonight, listeners, is from Laura in New York City. Dear Mr. Diva Bedek, I hope all is healthy and happy by you. Thank you for your hard work and advocacy in the diabetes community. I'm glad you're saluting Gloria Estefan. I am living with type 1 diabetes and also Cuban-American. Did you know that the increase, there's an increase in type 2 diabetes in the Cuban community, which is actually reaching epidemic proportions? I would love the opportunity to share my story on Diva Talk Radio with you. P.S. I'm a huge Gloria Estefan fan. Well, all I have to say is I think that's amazing. So please welcome to the show, Laura. Hi, Laura. Greetings, and thank you for having me. Well, thank you for writing in. So uh, tell me a little bit about this. You're um, Cuban-American. How long have you been living with type 1 diabetes? 37 years, a year different from Gloria Stefan and the Miami Sound Machines uh, coming out. So I am very proud to be uh, with you saluting Gloria Stefan and playing her waves throughout the show. Well, you, like Gloria, have had, uh, you know, you've been dealing with this for a long time. So what are some of the secrets to your success in staying happy and healthy 
for that long a time living with diabetes that you could share with our listeners? One of my tips, I became vegetarian uh, junior year of high school. I was 17 years old and made that transition uh, after watching a movie about animal slaughtering, that drastic. But I came home to a Cuban household to announce that I would no longer eat any animal sourced protein. So that was a shocker, can you imagine? No pork, no lard. Uh, um, so that's when I learned how to cook. And I cooked uh, still, you know, with some staples, Cuban-American food and Cuban food, but without the animal protein, which inspired my healthier eating, uh, you know, um, Cuban food. But my family eats as well. That started that journey, and just educating ourselves. Back then, uh, 37 years ago, there wasn't a lot of information, and especially translated in Spanish compared to now. So it was a struggle for my family to understand how it is, or it was to live with type 1 diabetes. Everybody knew about type 2 because of the older generation, but type 1 in families was not, uh, you know, as... as um, you know, current as it was back then. You know, Laura, that happens a lot where people are confused about type 1 and type 2. I would think after 30 years of living with type 1, you'd have a pretty good answer to people when they're confused and they walk up to you about diabetes. And I know a lot of our listeners face this every day who are living with type 1 where people assume they have type 2. So what do you say to people when they meet you and they find out you have diabetes? How do you explain it? Well, it's very interesting that they a lot of times, it's getting better, I think, with education, uh, but I, I feel that people say, oh, you have the bad diabetes. I think diabetes affects, uh, you know, the body, whether you have type 1 or type 2, uncontrolled, similarly. Uh, so it's very important that just because you have type 2 does not mean that you do not take care of yourself as as uh, stringently as type 1. The difference is type 1 uh, people with diabetes their pancreas does no longer produces any amount of insulin. And in type 2, there is something that may hinder the production. And once they are able to balance their diet, sometimes they need some medication, exercise, a lot of them will see the difference and their blood sugars are better managed and they live a healthier life and they can reduce uh, the risks of complications very quickly that way. So I think, you know, that is the difference. that We cannot survive without artificial insulin, synthetic insulin, whereas type 2 can uh, in, in better caring for themselves. Well, you know, Gloria Estevan is on a huge media tour this week. She's got her hairdresser, her stylist, everyone working with her. I know uh, because I've met you in person, you've created kind of a diva, self two guy 411 things that people should carry in an emergency situation like every diva. Just tell everyone how they could get their hands on this resource. Uh, it's it's uh, the Well-Armed Diabetic uh, Survival Kit that was um, initiated in 2003 in the beginning of the war. And a friend of mine, fellow type 1 also, uh, Judith jones Embrasini, we collaborated on this survival kit, and it is a checklist that incorporates non-perishable items as well as medical supplies for about two weeks for people to carry, or to pack in a backpack. Mine is in my closet, ready to go, and it has uh, all the needs for you to survive outside of your home due to any of the disasters. And after Sandy, we resurrected it and edited um, the list to incorporate other items 
that we had not had um, even bleach tablets, um, especially when people had uh, to uh, bathe in other areas or, or, or drink water, etc. Uh, masks, uh, uh, hand sanitizers, um, just items instead of one week, a lot of people were left uh, homeless for longer periods uh, and we realized we had to edit the list. But it is actually now expanded to not only people with diabetes, all people with chronic illness and any type of disabilities. So where, where can people, people get it, Laura? Where can people get it? You can uh, e- email. Uh, you can email us at wellarmeddiabetic at aol dot com, and it's one D as opposed right. to. So we will have it on the show, and. That's pretty much. Uh, we'll post yeah, it on that's where you can have it. Well, we'll have. We do have it on Facebook. We'll. I can post the PDF on Divinetic, yeah. and if people Perfect. want more copies, they can um, email us. All right. So one more thing in honor of our Diva Inspiration Gloria Fund doesn't have diabetes, but Divinetic is doing a lot more Latino outreach and diabetes. Can you please welcome all of our Latina divas and say hello to them for us in your beautiful Cuban accent? Ajá, hola y bienvenidas a, a ustedes y que se que siempre se cuiden su salud. Love it. All right, well, thank you so much. And if you want to send me a letter, keep them coming. You can email me at mrdavidbedek at gmail.com. Now, before we get things started, I want to, I'd like to encourage you to show your support of our dazzling brand of diabetes education by donating today at davidbedek.org. Your tax-deductible contributions are greatly appreciated. Sit back. Relax and get ready to laugh a little, learn a lot with Diabetes Roundtable. At the end of the 1980s, tonight's Diva Inspiration, Gloria Estefan was topping the charts and selling out concerts around the world. But life as she knew it came to a crashing halt in 1990 when her tour bus was hit by a semi-truck and she broke her back. Gloria was faced with a harsh possibility of never performing or walking again. Looking back on the accident, Gloria said at first she just wanted to walk again, and then she realized that maybe the whole point of her becoming famous was in order to go through something like this in the public eye to hopefully show people how much power we actually have and what we can do to help change our destiny. So tonight, Mr. Divabedic is asking you, how outspoken are you about yourself living with diabetes? Are you using the platforms in your life as a wife, mother, friend, neighbor, coworker, father, to show others that diabetes can't stop you from living a happy, full, productive life? Why not let our inspiration, Gloria Estefan, inspire you to come out of the dark? Here to shed some light on all things Gloria Estefan is my first guest, TV host, jewelry designer, Poet Lorraine Brooks. Hi, Max. Hello, How are you? I'm better now that you're here. Thanks for joining the show tonight. Thank you. I'm better, too. Are you a Gloria fan? I am. I've been a Gloria fan for a very, very, very long time. I have a CD of hers that I've played so often, I've had to actually replace it once or twice because it re- it uh, wore out. <laughs> well, that was like um, an inspiring moment when she came back after that tragic accident and actually performed on stage and wrote about that song coming out of the dark. Does it have any impact on you? Well, you know, it's funny. I, I'm listening to you, and um, I'm thinking back on my history. I've had uh, diabetes for over 30 years myself, and um, I, I seem to have, and I, I don't know how medically accurate this is, but I seem to have changed from a type 2 to a type 1. My pancreas is no longer producing any insulin. 
Um, so I'm now insulin dependent, and um, I find that it's hard to explain that to people. It's even hard for me to wrap my head around it sometimes. But I've over the years, I've gotten much more uh, forthcoming about it. I tell people that I'm with, especially if I'm going to be spending a lot of time with them, that I have diabetes and what to do in case anything happens, and all of my friends are aware. And it was hard for me to do that. It took a long time to get the courage and to, you know, understand that um, it's really something I'm doing for my own good and for my own health to tell people. Uh, it's not anything to be embarrassed or ashamed about, but it takes a while, it took a while, I should say, for me to get there. But I understand, um, you know, people's reluctance to uh, come out about it, but it's really important, I think. I think it's just another way of, of taking care of yourself. Well, I really love how she said, you know, she saw that as a moment in her life to really show people they had a power to change their destiny. Mm-hmm. So, Lorraine, will you please share your wonderful poem about Gloria Estefan tonight? Well, you know, Max, um, I did a little bit of reading about Gloria's background, and I found out a little bit about her heritage as as a Cuban-American. And, uh, of course, I've always loved her music, so I tried to incorporate a couple of things into my poem. And the name of my poem tonight is called Glorious Gloria. The rhythm is going to get you, going to rock you to your soul, going to send your spirit soaring to the sky. The conga line is calling. The winds of fate will blow. Your message and your music tells us why. The child of proud Cubanos, the essence of the song, the charming movements graceful as a bird. The promise of America in pure red, white, and blue that gave you all the chances to be heard. Adversity and setbacks, challenges and all, and times that made you wonder, made you doubt. But songs are for the singing, and music heals the heart, and a broken back can't change what you're about. Rock the world, Miss Estefan. We don't want to lose you now. Keep the music coming. Keep it flowing. A diva inspiration, another woman's voice that lifts us all and makes the world keep going. That poem's going to get me like the rhythm, Lorraine. Thank you so much. I love it. Um, Thank you, Max. It's always a pleasure to have you on. Now, you know, coming up on the show, we're going to be talking about the complete guide to organizing with diabetes. I just mangled the name of Susan Weiner and Leslie Joselle's book, but that's going to be exciting. But coming up in a minute, I've got uh, Jeff James from Sony to give us a little background on Gloria. And I know you're a fellow writer, so you're going to be blown away when best-selling author Sherry Adair comes on the air, too. So stay tuned, because it's a big, big show tonight. I'm looking forward to it, and thank you, Mac. All right, now listen, everybody. In the spirit of Lorraine Brooks and also uh, Gloria Stefan, I used to tour with Luther all the time, so when that accident happened to her, it really kind of sent a tremor through me, and uh, I wanted to play one of my favorite all-time cuts of Gloria Stefan right now. Each and every moment, what you believe, coming out of the that song and we love my next guest he's a good friend of mine he's an executive at sony music and he's here to tell us a little bit more about gloria estefan's newest album the standards which was released today please welcome jeff james hey there max can you hear me 
Yeah, and thank you for celebrating this moment with us. We're so excited to pay tribute to Gloria. I mean, she's been on Sony uh, with Sony Music for over 36 years. Luther was on Epic with her. Michael Jackson was on Epic. Cindy Lauper was on Epic. I mean, they you really have an incredible body of work from the 80s of such varied artists. But here we are today, Gloria Estefan, still releasing great music. Tell us a little bit about this album. She is just one classy performer, timeless, timeless lady. I mean, this new album, The Standards, is just 13 great songs. Uh, you know, all, like the title says, standards. But Gloria has a way to really put her own spin on it. And it just sounds so contemporary and so fresh. And I just love so many songs on this record, on this CD, on this album. Well, you know, I got a sneak peek because you sent me the um, electronic EPK or whatever it's called, and I just yep. love the Latin, the lushness of the arrangements. They're just so, you know, there's a, a Latin music infusion, but of course her voice sounds better than ever. So what are some of your favorite tracks from the album? On the album, definitely What a Difference a Day Makes, uh, Embraceable You, Good Morning Heartache. And, you know, the production, you got you got to thank her, her husband Emilio. I mean, it's just the, the strings, the arrangements, it's just a very beautifully produced uh, album. And do you think she has any plans of touring with it, or are we going to see Gloria back? What, what's going on? I, I, what I understand is I, I believe she's going to probably do a, a tour to support this, this record. Uh, the dates haven't been announced announced yet, but uh, I'm sure she's going to get out there because, you know, she's back on Sony and there's a lot of a lot of music to uh to present and, and and tour with. So uh, I wouldn't be surprised if you see her out, uh, you know, touring for this record. You know, Jeff, when I think of Laurie Estefan, I think of authentic. Like this woman really at a time when I felt like uh, people weren't really recognizing their Latino roots, and obviously we had Laura on talking about being Cuban-American. You know, she came out with that all-Spanish album. She did Mi Tierra. She seems like she started a record label with her husband, as you said, and they went on and they mentored and guided younger artists. She's also uh, very involved with Celia Cruz for a number of years before her death. I mean, why do you think she's just so enduring? I, I think it's the spirit. Her, I, when, when I think of Gloria Stefan, I think of her, her Cuban pride, and she's never, ever faulted from that. And I just admire her from that. You know, once you have pride in yourself, I mean, everything else comes so much easier, and she, she's never... She's never strayed away from her Latin roots, and it just comes through her music, and, it, and it's just so positive and, and beautiful. You know, she's also worked with Shakira, too, so it, she's definitely, you know, giving back to the Latin community. Wow, I love it. And, you know, a lot of men and women are going to love you because you're giving us some albums to give away at the Philadelphia Diva Better Club in the next month. So, listeners, right now, if you join the club with Neva White at Thomas Jefferson University Hospital, you have an opportunity to get some free CDs for Gloria Estefan. But Jeff, James, thank you for being on the show. We are going to play one more song from the standards. Thanks for being on the show. Thanks, Mike. It's heaven when you find romance on your menu. What a difference a day makes. And that difference... You know, what a difference today makes for my next uh, guest. She is so vivacious and lovely. I've talked to her over the phone several times. I just love this woman. She's such a diva. And she, guess what? She's an award-winning, best-selling action-adventure writer whose books have been appeared on the bestseller list for Publishers Weekly, U.S. Today, and the New York Times. She's received numerous awards during her career. 
She's a six-time finalist for the Rita Award given by the Romance Writers of America, and she's been nominated for the Career Achievement Award several times. So probably the thing I love about her best is that she has a schnauzer named Max. So please welcome to the podcast my friend, Cherry Adair. Cherry? Hi, Max. How are you doing? Would you like a cup of tea? I would love a cup of tea. I think I'd like to have an apple teeny. Okay, hang on. (laughs) Okay, you want uh, milk with that? Yeah, I'll have a Splenda with that. That would be perfect. Okay, hang on. I love it. We're being entertained. I know. And would you like an almond apricot cookie with that? Why not? I, I, I thank you for entertaining me. I, I'm the host. I should have. We should. We, you're going to make me want to change this part know, of the cream here. Fabulous and they low carb and very little sugar. And it's quite yummy. Oh, okay. Wait. Now I've got my tea. You've got your tea. I am ready. Speak to me. You're ready. All right. Yes. Well, you're fabulous. You are so funny. You're. Um, you keep writing, 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 writing. You have so many book outs, and every book. I mean, they're so action packed with car chases, weapons, and suspense. For people who aren't familiar with your work, they should really go to your website because your your website is an adventure in itself. But I just wanted to ask you because you've literally had over 30 books come out. A lot of them deal with very complicated storylines. They're so much fun to read, everybody. You're kind of on the edge of your seat. How do you do the research for these books, Sherry? I, I actually I do a lot of research. Um, and I will be absolutely honest with your listeners and say, um, I am not going to these places personally because why? Because I don't want to wear ugly boots. I don't want to be in a jungle where I sweat, sweat, and bugs bite me. I like to be in my nice clean office wearing good shoes and having my earrings on and my face, my makeup not melting. So I do a lot of research, but a lot of those places I do not want to go to other than in print. But you also have had some real life, uh, I was reading some real life experience with weapons. You actually were hit once by a, a stray bullet or something like that. Is that correct? Oh, I was. Yeah, I was. I was actually with somebody who was uh, delivering a payroll. This was many years ago. And um, we were robbed and surrounded by armed robbers, and the guy who was driving the car couldn't get the window up fast enough, and they shot him. And I was, like, frantic, and everybody ran because they were terrified because there was, like, a lot of blood. And um, I managed to get this guy into the passenger seat and got into the driver's seat right away. I'm an Aries, okay? I could not drive at the time. So... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but, you know, I had to save the day. So I pushed him aside, got in the driver's seat, drove to the hospital, did all the things necessary, and the nurse said to me, well, we should take a look at you. You've also been shot. And I went, no, 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 it's all his blood. And the nurse said, no, look at your knee. And I went, oh, oh, okay. And then I passed out because I had been shot in the knee. So, so but it didn't hurt until somebody said, oh, by the way, you've been shot. So, you know. It, it well, that's probably why you don't shy away from that. Some of the scenes in your book are so with the blood and people getting shot all the time. But you also don't shy away from some of the very sexy love scenes. I'm wondering, because I was reading one of your books um, at 6 a.m. on the train in New York City, and I was kind of blushing. How do you make them sizzle so much and so much fun to read? Because it was kind of embarrassing at 6 a.m. on a commuter train. I was reading, like, this hot, pulsating scene <laughs> on uh, one of your books. A hot, pulsating scene. You know, um, a reporter asked me a little while back when I was at a conference, 
if I could tell him what the synopsis was, whatever current book I had. And I said, I can actually give you a synopsis of all the books that I write. And he goes, all of the books have the same synopsis. And I said, well, it's a sort of the same premise. It's running, chasing, shooting, falling down, wild monkey sex, shooting, 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 falling down, kissing, loving, wild monkey sex, running, chasing, being chased, being shot, happy ending. And I yeah. think we all love the hot monkey sex. <laughs> I like the hot monkey sex. Now, I have a book coming out um, in November where my heroine, this is the first time I've done this, my heroine is actually diabetic. And I know, so, so tell us about this. This is Ricochet, yeah. right? Yeah, it's Ricochet, and um, it was actually so much fun. I I really love what I do. I love writing what I write, so that's a plus. But this is really interesting because this book is also running, chasing, shooting wild monkey sex with the added twist and complication that my heroine is diabetic and she needs her insulin while she's doing all that, and she's nowhere near where she can you know, logically find this. Now, is she living so, with type 1 or type 2 diabetes? She's um, type 2. She's type 2, so, but she's taking insulin? Yeah. And you're also living with diabetes? I am. I, I'm type 1, and it's very controlled. Um, I'm, I'm pretty well behaved, so um, my numbers are really good, um, and I plan on keeping them that way. How is it to how is it to manage your diabetes when you're a best selling author? You're not only writing one but two, three three books a year, plus you're traveling to all these conventions, meeting people all the time. Like what's what's one of the secrets that's worked for you that we could share with our audience tonight? Well, I don't know if I have any secrets and if I did, you know I'd have to kill you. But um I don't know. I, I'm very conscious of what I'm eating and when I'm eating it so that even when I'm traveling, I take um, munchy things with me. So I have nuts with me um, just in case. I mean, a couple of weeks ago, I, was, I missed the flight because the first flight was late, and so by the time I got to Denver, the second flight had already left. And there was nothing. I mean, most restaurants in um, airports have stuff that, while well, it might be nice to want to eat, I can't eat it. Or I don't want to eat it because it's just foolish to eat something out of desperation just because it happens to be there. So I have... So pre-plan, uh, pre-plan, pre-plan yeah, is your thing. Yeah, everything, everything is pre-planned. I mean, I plan for the worst. So I have already planned for this. I had um, some fruit with me and I had nuts with me and I had some cheese with me. Okay, I must admit the cheese was a little limp because it wasn't refrigerated. But by the time I got to the airport, I didn't care. I ate the cheese anyway, the limp cheese. But, you know, I'm always prepared. So, you know, a lot of times you can find things to eat if you look hard enough. I mean, I can take breading off chicken or you know, the fried stuff off chicken and um, salads and, and cheese and whatever. So, yeah, I'm always prepared when I travel, and I travel a lot. So, you know, it's just got to, it just takes a little pre-planning before you leave. And you could be fabulous like you are. All right, I'm going to put you on the hot spot. I have a request. I don't know how you're going to answer this, but I've got 5,000 witnesses listening in. I love your T-Flax uh, series. That is the operative. So just tell everyone what they are, and then I'm going to ask, I'm going to ask for my request. Tell us about okay. the T-Flax series. 
TPRAC is my counter-terrorist operative, and it stands for Terrorist Force Logistical Assault Command. And they are a privately run um, counter-terrorist group that go all over the world. Okay, so I was I was thinking that, you know, Mr. Diabetic wears a fruit suit. A lot of these T-Flack operatives have special things they could do, right, special powers. So I don't know if you know this, but today I took my cardio kickboxing, I took my boot camp beach workout, and I also did yoga. But I feel that because I wear a fruit suit, you could give me the special power where I'm able to touch someone and ripen them, which means they would age until they're death. What do you think? And I have done a lot of work on this slip. Right well, I would be in the, I'd be the operative in the fruit suit, but I think that'd be pretty good, right? I think it would be awesome. I, I actually, that's hysterical. You you touch them and they ripen them. You ripen them until to death. That is very yeah. funny. And then you could airbrush on the six pack because all of if you want to see some eye candy, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> go to uh, Cherry Adair's. Website, you have so many wonderful shots of men who have bodies that I will never have, but someone does, which is fantastic. And again, we should just tell everyone, Cherry, uh, Ricochet is coming out in November, but you have another book coming out in October, correct? Uh, no, I don't have anything coming out until next month. Okay. So I have, so look for I have Ricochet. Ricochet is it's sort of mid November and then March again. And then I have three okay. or four books out next year. And you know what? If, if, if your listeners come and find me um, either on my website or on my Facebook page, my fan Facebook page, I will send them a little present. Well, Cherry, isn't it amazing all they have that... To come and, all they have to do is come and say to me, Max, I heard you with Max, and I will send them a little present. Today. I love it. Now, I want to tell you, you know, we're going to be interviewing Tim Brand in a minute. He has two t- young daughters living with type 1 diabetes. It's amazing that you've written this book, Ricochet, and someday these girls could get their hands on it and be inspired to be heroines living with diabetes. I just think it's extraordinary. I want to thank you on behalf of the diabetes community of just inspiring us all to be diabetic. So thanks for being on the show, and we'll be putting up your website on our Facebook fan page, everybody. Fabulous. All right. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Straight ahead, everybody. It's time to meet my T-Flack, the Charlie's Angels of Outreach. Ooh la la. Let's meet three of my favorite diabetes educators from around the country. Please welcome Neva White from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Patricia Addy Jessel from Atlanta, Georgia, and Susan Weiner from Long Island, New York. Hi, Neva. Hi, Matt. Hi, Patricia. Hi, Susan. I know she's there. Susan? I'm here. Hi. Oh, hi. All right. Uh, Susan, we're going to be talking to your co-author in your book a little bit later in the show, but Neva White. We're giving away some CDs at the Diva Club in Philadelphia. Tell everyone when the next club date is. Our next club date will be next Thursday. It's always the third Thursday of every month. And we have some exciting things coming up. In October, we have our Taking Control event with our A1C champions. And our big event is going to be November 16th. That's our Victory Over Diabetes event. And we're so excited about that. Hoping to get, what, about 400 ladies and men, Max? 
Absolutely. <laughs> to come out and support it. It's a free event. It's fabulous. I'll be there. Neva will be there. All the divas and dudes who've been coming to the club will be there. Bring your families and friends. Image consultant Catherine Schuler for Diva Medic is going to be staging another phenomenal fashion show with two leading designers, not one, but two leading fashion designers. So if you're getting down about your diabetes, it's time to get diva or dude about your diabetes. Right, Neva? That's right. All right, so Angels, inspired by Cherry Adair, because I love her so much, and she does these really amazing uh, books. And people, you really, if you want to take a break at the end of the summer, grab one of her books. It's a fun little vacation right there in your own home. Scientists from the University of Alabama at Birmingham have discovered that one of the most diabolical proteins uh, that kills insulin-producing cells, it sounds really sounds like something out of a book. I'm wondering, Eva, what does this new discovery really mean to people living with diabetes? Well, Max, there's two main things. This protein, which they're calling right now TXNIP, has really two really significant roles. One, they believe that it could have a role in beta cell destruction. So by perhaps inhibiting it or finding a pathway to kind of stop it, we can preserve beta cell um, uh Survival. So this is really exciting for type 2 diabetes because we know that uh, insulin resistance is really tied to beta cell destruction. And also with this particular protein, they're finding that it may also have a role in the body's natural production of insulin. So those two are really major, um, major areas of uh, diabetes Management. So if we can find a way to preserve beta cells and, and somehow get the body to produce insulin, these would be really fantastic um, discoveries. I love it. And Susan, um, you know, while we're waiting for a cure, I'm sure there's some things that could help people adjust to their uh, lifestyle, that they could adjust to their lifestyle when dealing with the diagnosis. What, did, what was your thought first on this discovery? And then share some tips for us about life, lifestyle changes, especially going into the fall. It's such fascinating research. We always we don't only hope for a cure. Everybody is trying to get funding to research to find a cure. Um, type 1 diabetes being, of course, autoimmune, we can't really wait too much longer for a cure because so many people are so sick and, and dealing with taking insulin and, and type 1. And we do know that so many people with type 2 are also requiring insulin. As a registered dietitian and a diabetes educator, I think that nutrition is, of course, of paramount importance, and we want to focus on weight management and on eating healthy. If you do eat animal protein, make sure that you have your lean proteins, your lean fish, your lean chicken, and your turkey, and eat a rainbow of fresh fruits and vegetables and beans, portion control, of course, and stay physically active. Max, I was so impressed with everything that you got in today with your exercise programs. That's amazing and awesome. No one needs to be perfect. You have no idea. I still don't have a six-pack, though, but you have no idea what I put myself through. (laughs) That's awesome. Um, No one needs to be perfect. We just need to do a little bit more. If you exercise a little bit more every day, you stay physically active, and you keep test, test, testing your blood sugars, you'll keep doing better, and that's really what what we all hope for. I love it. And you also get organized. So later on we're going to be talking about with your co-author, Leslie Josell, about how people can get organized with their diabetes and really, you know, change the way they're managing their care. So, Patricia, 
I mean, some of these, some people are rolling their eyes at this discovery because no one ever knows what to trust on the internet when it comes to health headlines, health research. What's your feeling about that? All right. Well, I was saying the greatest resource for people living with diabetes. One of the greatest resources would be the American Diabetes Association, and um, you know that is a group that. Um, we can pretty much rely on and trust with the um, articles or the announcements as they come through with new innovative changes in diabetes. We also have other organizations um, such as the American Di- uh, Association of Diabetes Educators where uh, people who live with diabetes are able to find educators in their community. Uh, they can go with, to that website and they're able to plug in their zip code and find someone who is reliable and should have the latest and greatest information on new trends and innovative ways to manage diabetes. And um, American Diabetes Association, as I said, is always sponsoring in the community various programs, seminars, and um, that people can attend. And a lot of these seminars are free of charge, but very informative. Well, you know, ladies, or angels, I should say, if I had two young daughters under the age of five living with type 1 diabetes, I'm sure I would be researching this topic every day to make his, their, their lives a little bit easier. So join me in welcoming, I'm going to get ready to pass the boa, to the blogger of my bleeding figure. I apologize, uh, listeners. I was reaching for the maraca and I was trying to do the sound pack. So, Tim Brand, welcome to the show. Max, thanks for having me on. Well, we're all in the Gloria Estefan moment, and I thought even though, you know, your daughters would only be experienced Gloria today, there's a huge wealth of catalog there for them to enjoy for the rest of their lives. Everyone still loves these big 80s parties, so I'm sure in 20 years when these girls are in their 20s, they might want to throw a big 80s party. <laughs> Maybe, I don't know. All right, now, Tim, your story is, is rather incredible. You have two young daughters uh, that were diagnosed with type 1 diabetes. They were They were actually around the age of three, correct? Uh, yes. Um, my middle daughter had just turned three on March 1st, and she was diagnosed on April 1st was her official diagnosis date. And um, we kind of thought something was wrong, but, you know, it kind of came and went. Some days she'd be hungry. Other days she'd go to the bathroom a lot and be real thirsty, and it kind of came and went. Well, then fast forward exactly two years later, my youngest is three and a half, and same thing. And obviously we noticed the symptoms a lot quicker, and we check her blood sugar, and she's 501. It's like, how can this how can this happen again exactly two years later? I mean, how can it even happen again, period? I mean, I'd heard of people having two kids with type 1. I had met a gentleman when he told me both of his kids had type 1. I almost passed out when he um, told me that. I was like, how do you how do you even manage that? But, um, yeah, that's, that's kind of my story, and that's why after my um, youngest was diagnosed, I started um, started the blog on Bleeding Finger, and it's gone from there. And it is an amazing resource for every parent. But you asked my next question. How do you and your wife manage two children? Under, they're still under the age of five, correct, or are they now six? Uh, one is just turned six, and the other one's seven and a half. All right. So now how do you how do you manage that? I have a really, really, really talented wife, and uh I rely on her a lot. Um, that makes it real easy. She also blogs too and writes quite a bit. I well used to write quite a bit. She owns her own business now. But um, one of the big tools that we have is, um, and I 
I don't want to push products on here. I don't I don't have an endorsement deal with them, but is this the G4 um Metro, or the G4 um continuous glucose monitor by um Dexcom. That is um What does it do? It it's a continuous glucose monitor, it checks the blood sugar every I think ten seconds and gives you about a five minute average. So if they're heading up, it'll tell you if they're heading up, if they're steady, it'll give a graph on there. If they're crashing or heading down, it'll show that too. And um I must say we've had this is the third type of continuous glucose monitor we've had. We had the old Dexcom 7. My other daughter was on the um, the Medtronic um, Revel. It was a combination of a pump and CGM. And the accuracy that this new G4 Dexcom has, is, yeah, it's really good. I'm very impressed with it. Now, and, I was reading your... I'm sorry, continue. No, go ahead. No, I, I was saying I was reading about you, and I found, you know, you were we were talking... You were specifically talking about two children with... Um, living with type 1 diabetes, and you admitted that it was scary, you know, to have a child with, who's diagnosed with type 1, but it takes a little time, and then it kind of slowly gets back, it slowly life gets back to normal. I'm just wondering, because I know we have a lot of parents who are listening to the show tonight, um, what kind of advice would you give to a parent right now who, who has a child who's newly diagnosed with type 1 diabetes? The most important thing that they have right now is their healthcare team. They should have a pediatric endocrinologist for their child and a diabetes educator who is probably either a nurse or a dietitian so they can get that basic core information that they can use that they have to have and those basic steps that they're going to go through for the next few weeks, next few months. Because when my child was first, I, my youngest was, my middle daughter was diagnosed, everything, it seemed like everything was spinning. And the only thing I really had was that basic information, okay, count the carbs, check their blood sugar whenever you think there's a problem or when they eat, when they get up, before they go to bed, before they play, they hang on to that information there. And then once you're able to make some local connections with other other families who have children with type 1 diabetes. And there's some great um, resources out there. Facebook, there's a lot of groups out there with, who have parents in there with children with type 1 diabetes. There's um, Two Diabetes, which was started by um, the Diabetes Hands Foundation. You can make some connections with other parents, mother, dads, other mothers who have gone through what you're now going through. And those, so don't go through it alone. Yeah, so, you're not, so you don't feel isolated. I've, I remember um, talking with somebody who was like, it's bad enough having diabetes or having a child with it. Isolation that goes along that can go along with it is even worse because you don't your friends aren't going to truly understand because they're not going through it um my father has had type 2 diabetes for 20 plus years he really couldn't understand what i was going through because my daughter was three years old you know he checks his blood sugar two or three times a day he's controlled his type 2 almost flawlessly for 20 years well, here's my daughter getting checked eight times a day, getting insulin. He really couldn't relate. I mean, yeah, he could relate to the feeling shaky or from a low blood sugar, but you need those connections eventually with people who are going through it. Well, that's why we show everyone again. My bleeding finger is your block. Now, we want to cheer you up, Tim. So are you ready? Because I love to play games. So we're going to test your blood sugar IQ with our popular diabetes numerology game. Okay. Gloria Estefan, again, today's the release of her newest album, The Standards, available at Sony.com. But, Tim, 
Did you ever take music lessons back in school? That was a long time ago. All right. That was well, back in the 80s, matter of fact. Diabetes numerology game is loosely based on the film Music of My Heart, starring Gloria Estefan. This is how, oh, I forgot to tell you how we're playing the game. I'm sorry. Here's how, I was so excited from Gloria. Here's how diabetes numerology works, Tim. I'm going to read aloud a random blood sugar value along with a related situation. Then I'll ask you to tell us how you would deal with the situation. And next, the angels will discuss your solution and offer some tips. Remember, all you listeners who are playing along with us tonight, keep in mind that one solution doesn't work for everyone. Check with your doctor to find out what your specific game plan should be and visit divadec.org for free diabetes numerology game book downloads. Now, Tim, I just told you that your game is loosely based on the film Music of My Heart starring Gloria Estefan. So your random uh, diabetes numerology situation is... You're about to meet with the Board of Education about teaching underprivileged children the beauty of music through violin. Your diabetes, numerology, blood sugar value tonight is 543. What would you do? I'd probably correct yeah. a couple of units in this one. Is that your answer? I guess so. All right, Neva White, what do you want to say? Well, first of all, I just wanted to congratulate Tim for what he's doing with his family and in reference to uh, what he's saying about insulin, yeah, you need some insulin. This is definitely a diabetic emergency situation, and probably if we're talking about a type 1 diabetic, we're probably looking at a situation of diabetic ketoacidosis, which is an emergency situation uh, in diabetes management. So in a case like this, we would probably want to also get to some medical attention as soon as possible. All right. And Patricia Abbey General, what do you want to say? I agree with Neva. Um, definitely um, hydration and insulin would be indicated, but some medical intervention at this point with a number of uh, that high and having type 1 diabetes because ketoacidosis and other complications would certainly be a concern. Now, you know, when you're in a school situation too, Patricia, how do you deal with this? Because a lot of the nurses don't know about diabetes. You have a child living with type 1. How do you deal with that in a school situation? Well, Max, there are federal laws that protect children with diabetes in the school systems, and um, children with diabetes are considered to be um, treated the same as a child with a disability, and there can be no discrimination in that area. So uh, these laws do protect children, and with um, most of the daycare centers or the schools, there are there should be personnel available who have had specialized training, at least the basics of knowing what to do about a high blood sugar or what to do about a low blood sugar. And uh, the organization that I am a member, the um, American Diabetes American Association of Diabetes Educators, and my um, local district of diabetes educators have done numerous. Uh, programs in the schools for school personnel, including janitorial, custodial, and bus drivers. So regardless of where this child is uh, on the premises of a school, that someone should be able to recognize and know when there is an, a medical emergency and respond accordingly. And Susan Weiner, I mean, that all sounds good, but as a parent of two children, I don't know if I would trust that. What kind of advice can you lend to the situation? I wanted to all say, I also wanted to say to 
him that he's doing such a fantastic job and I totally agree with him. Connection with the diabetes online community is such an essential piece to help parents who do have children with diabetes. Uh, when Leslie and I were writing our book about organizing with diabetes, we also wrote a chapter on children with diabetes. And because I do not have a child with type 1 diabetes, although I've been a diabetes educator for over 25 years, we turned to Jeff Hitchcock of Children with Diabetes and Tom Carlia and a few other people who do have children with diabetes to learn a lot more about what to do when you when your child does go to school. And in the public school system, there is a lot to know and a lot that your child is entitled to in terms of what they can do in school and what people need to know when they are in school, um, such as knowing about your 504 plan and, and things like that. But very importantly, because it is very scary to let your child with type 1 diabetes even leave the house for the first time, is to really plan, stay organized, and make sure that all their supplies are not only at home, but there are also supplies at school, not only in the classroom and in the nurse's office, but also in any specials they may have, in art class, in the lunchroom, in wherever you think that it needs to be, and make sure your child always has with them a fast-acting source of carbohydrate like tablets or gel. Aye, 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 Susan. This sounds like I'm going to start being a hoarder from a, a child, <laughs> from a parent of a child living with type 1. So I want to bring in your co-author of The Complete Diabetes Organizer, your guide to a, a less stressful and more manageable diabetes life. Please welcome to the show Leslie Joselle. Hi, Leslie. Hi, so thank you so much for having me. Well, uh, Susan gave you such a great intro, and we're talking about this is a hot topic for so many parents. I think uh, Susan just gave such a wonderful kind of breakdown about how parents should do organizing. I know your specialty, uh, because you had a child, uh, um, correct me if I'm wrong, with AD, uh, what, what was your child, what is your child so now? child is has um, ADHD and executive dysfunction, yes. Yeah, so that kind of inspired you to get involved in organizing to begin with. So what exactly. kind of what can you lend to this uh discussion right now? Um organizing in general, just so I know what you want me to speak about. Do you want me to talk well, about organizing about in general so that everyone is not feeling like they're gonna become a hoarder, as you just so lovely <laughs> <laughs> well, um, here's my thing about organizing in general and I really think it pertains to parents who might have a, have a child, whether they have a child with diabetes or any other type of, you know, um, issue, is you have to be as prepared as you can without feeling it's going to overwhelm you. So as much as you can put systems in place that will eventually run like a well-oiled machine um, and the systems just run and you know where things are and you can find the things you want to find, that's what's going to get you out the door and feeling confident and 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 feeling that you know you're ahead of the game. So little tips like everything you have in the home should be clear so that anything you put in even like a box or or even in a bag should always be clear so that not only you can see it but that your child can see it. Everything should be labeled so that everyone knows where everything is at all times, but more importantly we know where everything needs to go back. Little things like that that don't cost a lot, that don't take a lot of time, will help you to stay maintained. 
And I think that's the key for parents. It's keeping it maintained so they're not feeling overwhelmed by it all day long. And I would think, um, and Tim, correct me if I'm wrong, but little unexpected things happen where you might have to run out with your wife to something. You have to have someone babysit, whether it's a family member or the next-door neighbor or something. So being organized, Leslie, because you're uh, obviously a parent, is really a priority for that when that unexpected moment happens, you could really manage that, correct? So there should always, like, so for example, for a situation like that, so that you're not feeling, oh my goodness, where is our backup or where is our emergency information or where is, I would suggest, like, I have one of those in my home and I do this a lot for my clients, is I would suggest a binder. I'm a binder girl. You have to know that about me. I am a real binder girl. And for me, the binders take the remembering out of remembering. So anything you get, an emergency contact sheet, instructions from the doctor, information you want to impart to a caregiver, whether it's a baby or a grandparent, all of that can go in plastic sleeves so they can be easily taken in and out, left in a binder in a place that everyone knows where it is, and you can get right to the information. I love binders for particularly for parents who might have a child with diabetes because all that information they get from the doctor, from the diabetes educators, from from all of the from the school, all that can go in one place. So if you're running to a meeting, whether it's at the school or a doctor, you don't have to think I'm all about not having to think about what you need to bring. You grab it, it's there for you, and you have everything on you. And, Tim, how is this uh, hitting a chord? Are you very organized with this? <laughs> Are you, have you seen my house? No, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I Tim, am insanely I organized because I have a lot of balls in the air. But for me, what I like about organization is it might take a little bit of time in the beginning, you know what I'm saying, to get something going or get something. But once it's up and running, the maintenance is so little, you just have to tweak. So that investment in the beginning will really give you payoff as you're going on. I know. Leslie and Susan, Neva White is the leader of the Diva Better Club in Philadelphia. I'm going to change the uh, conversation for a second. We deal with a lot of patients who are over the age of 50, and a lot of them are diagnosed later in life. They kind of get stuck in their ways. I want to know from both of you, what's the kind of reaction to getting someone organized about their diabetes who's over the age of 50? Well, I'll, I'll answer first. Um, people love it because they've been they, – They've been so disorganized sometimes for so long because life becomes overwhelming, whether you work or you're a stay-at-home parent or you're going to school or all of the above. Staying organized saves so much time, and if, if saving time and keeping your supplies organized helps keep you in target range, your blood sugar in control and your weight under control, it's a win-win for everybody. So I'm finding that um, people over 50 are just, just thrilled with it, and they learn how to keep a cleaner kitchen and a more organized kitchen, then they can eat better and prepare the foods and find things. So I think that it's it's wonderful. Okay, and what did, what was you, what did you want to say, Leslie? I'm going to have to agree with Susan. Um, I find that particularly with my, I mean, I don't want to say seniors because the older 50 crowd isn't, but they just have so much going on in their lives and so many things that they want to be a part of that any type of organization in the household um, just allows them to have things be more efficient, which then allows them to be able to do the other things that they really want to spend time on. You know, cl- clutter 
clutter weighs you down. Do you know what I'm saying? I, I, I have to, you know, I know we're talking about diabetes and we're talking about getting organized, but clutter in the sense of not knowing where something is or not being able to manage something, it weighs you down. It's time-consuming. So my my clients in particular, if we can come up with ways that um, to make things more manageable, make things more efficient, to make it easy for them, so that, again, the system is in place so that it's the, main, the maintenance, and I keep going back to maintenance because that's what makes or breaks any type of system, is easy for them to follow, then, then we've hit a home run. All right. Well, you're listening, listeners, to the co-authors of the Complete Diabetes Organizing, your guide to a less stressful and more manageable diabetes life, Susan Weiner and Leslie Jozel. It's available on Amazon.com. I wanted to bring this up, yes, because guess what? My favorite silver sneakers uh, is here, Mama Rosemary with a tip. We're talking about seniors. Let's bring in Mama Rosemary. Hello, Mama Rosemary. Hi, Max. Nice to be here again. How organized are you? I try to be, but... Sometimes it's difficult, but after listening to this, I'll try even harder. <laughs> All right. What's your tip for this month? Well, my tip this month is to spice things up in your kitchen. It's a long-standing myth that spicy food can lead to ulcers, but research shows that hot chili peppers actually protect the stomach lining and may prevent damage associated with anti-inflammatory painkillers. Chili peppers are high in calcium, vitamins A and C, and are guilt-free way to make food more flavorful, interesting, and exciting. That's my tip for this month, and until you tune again next month, I will say ciao for now. All right. Well, thanks for being on the show. Thank you all for listening. Visit Dilabetic's Facebook fan page and group pages and check out all my videos on Mr. Dilabetic's YouTube channel. Remember, we'll be posting all the details on Sherry Adair's book as well as Susan Weiner and Leslie Grisell's book. And as Gloria said, remember, every diva has an entourage. She's got the Miami Sound Machine, but you've got me. I'm so glad to be part of yours. Let's get happy and stay healthy together. I want to thank all my guests and thank you again for listening. I know you can't control yourself any longer Feel the rhythm of the